Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And I want to welcome to you to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'm with you on this afternoon, so glad to be with you. And I am ready to take your calls, as you just heard at the opening of the show. And the uh, call-in number is 303-690-3000. So I invite you to call in. And those of you listening on Grace FM, you are listening live on this President's Day. And and glad to see the sun out. And we are in for a slow warm-up this week. I pray that you were uh, safe and warm and blessed this last weekend as we had snow and sub-zero temperatures. It was throughout much of the country. And those of you who are listening on the East Coast, you have been hammered with bad winter weather with snow and uh, ice and and frigid temperatures and all of that. And all throughout the Midwest, I know we got listeners that are listening right now online in the Midwest, in Minnesota and Iowa and Kansas and uh, so glad you've joined us. want to welcome all the online listeners as you're listening, perhaps on your tablets or smartphones, or maybe you're listening uh, on the Grace FM website on your computers. We welcome you as well. You can call us anywhere in the country at 303-690-3000. It's been bitterly cold throughout much of the nation, clear up from the uh, North Dakota down to Texas and throughout the Midwest and Colorado and Wyoming, some of the temperatures, of course, reaching 20 below zero last night, and uh, and we're due for a, a slow warm-up. And we are thankful, even though it causes problems like frozen pipes and, you know, dead batteries in our cars and stuff. We are grateful for the snow that we're getting in the mountains. We're catching up with our snowpack. And, of course, those of us in Colorado, we know what that means. It means uh, water, in which is a precious resource, probably one of the most precious resources in Colorado, especially where I live here in Greeley, Colorado. I pastor Calvary Chapel, Greeley. It's an agricultural area, and we need our reservoirs full. We need uh, irrigation uh, water uh, for the crops. It's an agricultural area where we grow lots of different crops, and uh, so we're thankful for that. We just pray that the snowpack levels will continue to increase and get up to normal or above normal, and uh, and we're going to be praying for that as we head into March and April. So grateful for all those things. If you are, as I said, listening on Grace FM, that you're listening live on this holiday, I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call as Grace FM, two radio stations that cover you know, uh, most of the front range from Pueblo to Fountain, Colorado Springs. That's 101.7. Love to hear from you guys down there in Southern Colorado. See how you're doing. And, uh, and uh, always uh, love to hear from the brothers and sisters in that area. I got so many fond memories of our early years of ministry, Sue and I, and starting our family down in Colorado Springs. So uh, give us a call and 
you know the call-in number, 303-690-3000. Then 89.7, which is a powerful signal up here uh, from Castle Rock and Parker up through the metro area along the Front Range, Boulder and Longmont and Fort Collins up to Laramie and uh, Wyoming and Cheyenne, Wyoming. And then also includes uh, the Northeast Plains of Colorado, Love to hear from you guys, 303-690-3000. want to welcome those who are listening on Grace, or not Grace, but Truth and Hope FM on the East Coast, and love to have you guys call in. As you're listening to uh, Calvary Live on those radio stations, it is a week delayed, but you can call in, and we'll have our conversations, and then you uh, will be able to hear that air a week later. So love to have you call and and. Uh, and be able to to ask your questions and give your prayer requests. As most of you know, there is another way that you're able to do that. That's through a dedicated text line, and that dedicated text line is 720-336-0897. Always be safe when you're texting. So maybe you, you got off school today and work today, and you're at home, you got some extra time to be able to call us, love to be able to call and uh, have you call and ask a question, and let's talk about the Lord. This is your show, uh, the listeners, and what a blessing it is, Calvary Life, that that as you get to listen to great Bible teaching all day long, uh, as you go to church, as you have devotions, maybe a question comes up, and this is an opportunity for you to call and ask that question. We'll go to the Word of God and try to bring some clarity and understanding uh, for you and uh, and we'll do our best to answer your questions and to pray with you as well, because I know some of you got prayer requests, uh, and there are things on your heart, and uh, it's a great opportunity for us to connect, not only here in Colorado, but throughout the country, even international listeners. Uh, we have one right now listening from Ukraine. Uh, last week, I believe that it was on Monday, that we had listeners from six continents, the only continent that we didn't have listeners, uh, was Antarctica. And I think that's so cool. From Australia and Africa and Europe and Asia and North America and South America. Uh, So uh, that is just so wonderful that technology connects us together. But this is your show. Give me a call. We don't have a show unless we have you call in or to be able to text uh, in a question. So I'd love for you to be able uh, to do that. Let's go to the text line. We got a couple texts already, and appreciate you guys that text until we get some phone calls. And, um, a text question came in. Will there be a gap of time between the rapture and the beginning of the tribulation period? If so, how long will it be? I believe that there will be a gap of time. Uh, uh, I, I believe that the church will be taken out of and away from the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth, according to Revelation chapter 3, the Church of Philadelphia, that promise given to them. And uh, so the church uh, is going to be raptured before the tribulation period. Now, the the tribulation period, and this is what's important for us to understand, um, doesn't begin with the rapture of the church. The tribulation period begins with, as um uh, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 tells us, and also Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, it begins with the Antichrist coming on the scene. So, um, you know, um, he will make a covenant with many for a week in that final uh, seven-year period that's called Daniel's 70th week. 
um, that begins the tribulation period. And then as he comes riding on a white horse, conquering and the conquer, Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, as the first seal that is opened up. In Revelation chapter 6 through 19, speak of that time of the tribulation period. How much time will be between the rapture of the church and when the Antichrist is revealed and comes on the scene and confirms that covenant? We don't know, but there will be a gap of time. I imagine, I suspect it won't be a long period of time because Second Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us that that which restrains will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. Um, so we are a restraining factor when the church is raptured, then lawlessness will abound, and uh, the lawless one will be revealed, the Antichrist. So that will probably happen pretty quickly, but how much of a period of time, we don't know for sure, uh, but there will be something. Um, sometimes we think the rapture will happen and then the Antichrist comes on the scene a day later. It'll probably be somewhat of a period of time, but uh, again, the restraining factor is gone. That will allow the Antichrist to come on the scene, I believe, fairly quickly. Hey, oh, we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live uh, today, this afternoon, wherever you're at, or evening, uh, with Pastor Jeff Figgs at Calvary Chapel Greeley. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Bianca in Aurora. How are you I, I, doing? Good, Bianca. How are you? I'm doing great. I would actually like prayer regarding a project where it involves different countries and basically what I want my project to be about is praying for different missionaries other than the one my church supports, although I know we support quite a few, but I'd really like to get to praying for other missionaries, but but I need prayer for guidance as to how I can know about other missionaries that maybe the Calvary here in Aurora doesn't support. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's so wonderful, Bianca, because they need our prayers. And and you know, uh Calvary Church does has a number of missionaries. We have missionaries that um uh, that we support and um and you know to get that information, that project that you have so you pray they need our prayers, and they can feel alone. They can feel isolated, and prayer is so, so important, and I think that's just a wonderful project. So, Bianca, I'm honored to pray for you and with you on this, how God may direct you and guide you and, and just you know give you those missionaries that, um, that you can pray for. So, Father, I do pray for Bianca. Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful project and and it's more than just a project it is a, such a vital ministry a ministry of prayer for the missionaries that are out there throughout the world and they can feel isolated they they have needs uh you know their needs lord but i thank you for bianca having a heart to pray for her missionaries not only where her church supports but others as well uh throughout the world that are there uh, giving the gospel and uh, that are there 
uh, with their families and in difficult situations and circumstances and um, in places where there's not much uh, supply or, or, you know, provision or health care or things like that. But Lord willing to go out and and give the good news of Jesus Christ, just as you commanded us to do, to go out throughout the world uh, to spread the good news. So I just pray that you would guide Bianca, that you would just uh, guide her as she uh, has this on her heart. I know that you're going to honor it, that you would give her the names that you desire for her to be praying for, that, Lord, that she would have others that would join in. Um, and uh, because we know that there's power in prayer, it's a vehicle in which you work. I thank you for Bianca, her desire to pray for people, her ministry. I, I thank you for hearing from her today. And uh, I just pray that you would just fill her heart with joy as she desires to do this, the very thing you put on her heart. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bianca. It's good to hear from you. All let me right. know how it's. Bye. L- let me know how it's going. Okay. Okay. Right. All right. God bless you. Good to hear from Bianca. I haven't heard from her for a while. What a blessing she is! Just a wonderful sister in the Lord. She really has a, a ministry of prayer, and and I I just have a special heart for those. You know, when somebody comes up to me at church and says, "Hey, you know, I'm praying for you or praying for your family," it really warms my heart. Uh, because it is so needed for uh, for those who are in ministry. So I would encourage you uh, that are listening, tell your pastor that you're praying for him. Just encourage him in that way. It will warm his heart. And, and it, it is such a blessing for us to know that there are people that are praying for us, because your pastor's praying for you. And, uh, and that should be the heart of the shepherd, to pray for the people. But we need prayer too. And when I was first in ministry, I used to think, I shouldn't ask for prayer for myself, but Paul did. As I read the book of Romans and other places, you know, he said, pray for me, that um, as he was going to go to Jerusalem, as he wrote in Romans, that the saints may receive me. Um, he asked for prayer, um, that he may be effective in reaching others. And uh, so your pastor needs prayer. Tell him that you pray for him. Do that. Pray for your uh, ministry leaders and uh, for the missionaries that you know. So got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, the text line, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Lee in Colorado Springs. Hey, Pastor. Uh, hope you're How are you, Lee? Monday. I How hope you well? are, too. Good to hear from you guys down there in Colorado Springs. Yeah. Uh, so my question is, how did John the Baptist not recognize Jesus? Um, because it says uh, they were, you know, spent time together. Granted, they were in the womb, but he kicked when uh, Mary came around. Um, and then he was kind of confused when, I believe, when he was imprisoned. And he right. had some of his disciples ask uh, is Jesus if he really was the Messiah. Just trying to get clarification on, since they were related, uh if you know anything of why he would have that confusion of uh, who he was, not only as a person like his relative, but also uh, him being the, the savior of the world. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is something that you read and you think, you know, John the Baptist, because uh, as you read it in the Synoptic Gospels, John was put in prison. 
this is after the baptism. You've already mentioned, you know, a few things from Luke's narrative that tells us how Mary came to see Elizabeth and John, you know, leaped in her womb, in Elizabeth's womb, when she heard that Mary was carrying the Christ child. And it was also John that when Jesus came to the river, right, um, Lee, that he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And it was John the Baptist that said, I'm not worthy to baptize you, you know. Um, You should be baptizing me. And Jesus said, Permit it to be so. So John, you know, was faithful to his ministry. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He he was out there, the man of the desert, the forerunner. And all of a sudden, he gets thrown in prison. And as he gets thrown in prison, he sends two of his disciples to go and ask Jesus, you know, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And as we read that, you think, why would John do that? And I think that perhaps that as John um, asked that, that first of all, even John the Baptist was one that he he was there in prison and he had doubts. And I think that as he thought about Jesus and the ministry of the Messiah, the ministry of the Messiah was to, to do these works, but also to open up prison doors, as Isaiah would write. And I'm in prison. I qualify for that. So why am I in this prison? Why am I still here? And I think that John, in the the difficulties and in the sufferings that he was going through, because he was in that place where it was a dark place, um, and he's probably there. We don't know how long he was there before he ended up being beheaded, but he just begins to to falter a little bit, a little bit of doubt. And, of course, Jesus responded by saying, you go and tell John the things which you hear and see, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So Jesus says, you go and tell him what you have seen, what you have heard. And he's repeating the ministry that Isaiah spoke of concerning Messiah to just reaffirm him that there's not another, that indeed I am the one. And I just suspect that John, when he heard that, he said, of course, how could I doubt? Because Jesus then, and this is what really blesses me, Jesus turns to the you know the people and says, what did you go out in the wilderness to see? You know, uh, a man in soft garments? Uh, did you go out to see uh, a man shaken by the uh, wind, a reed shaken by the wind? He's saying he's more than a prophet. He's a prophet, but he's the greatest man born of women um, up to this point. So he commends John. And that blesses me because sometimes I can, Lord, are you there? Lord, you know, we can go through times of we just kind of doubt and and we become weak and we falter, especially in times where we're going through suffering and we wrestle with our faith. And and the Lord doesn't give up on us because as he said, are you did you see a reed shaken in the wind? And Isaiah said that the ministry of Messiah is that he doesn't break a bruised reed. He doesn't quench a smoking flax, but he just reminded John gently, remember what the prophets of old spoke of, you know Isaiah the prophet, and that's what's happening. The work of Messiah was the validation that he was on the scene. And I have a feeling when John heard that, he's 
he's saying, of course he did, because Jesus commends him and says he's the greatest born of women up to this time. So that's my take on it. Okay. Yeah, that that provides some clarity. Yeah, and, you know, and, you know, we can think of, here's the thing we can think of, of course, why would John the Baptist do that? Well, as I just explained, but there are times where, you know, even Elijah, Elijah got discouraged, you know, he's going, God, just kill me. And I'm so grateful for the grace and compassion and the long-suffering of our Lord that doesn't say, well, just forget about you, but just continues to minister to us his compassion and his truth and reaffirming our faith and reaffirming his reality to us through his word in that still small voice like he did with Elijah because the Lord wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the wind, he wasn't in the earthquake. He heard the still small voice of the Lord saying, Elijah, why are you here? And the Lord very gently and compassionately does the same thing to us as well. And I'm very grateful for that. So, you know, it really impresses me that Jesus didn't say, well, you know, he he forget John the Baptist. I'll find another forerunner. No, he says he's he's more than a prophet. He's greatest born of women. And here's the thing for us to remember in that as well. It tells us in John's gospel, I believe, that John didn't do any miracles. And if you would have asked me who was the greatest born of women, I would have said Moses. I would have said David, who slew giants, you know, David, who had a man after God's own heart. I would have said Daniel, who had, you know, visions, Elijah, who called down fire from heaven. But John the Baptist didn't do any miracles, but he simply spoke of Jesus, pointed to Jesus, said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then Jesus goes on to say that, you know, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And we can be great in the kingdom as we just speak of Jesus, as we, you know, point to others, come the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So that's what I think about when I read that story. So hopefully that helps, Lee. Wow. Yeah. Wonderful explanation. Thank you, Pastor. You bet, Lee. God bless you. Stay warm down there. All right. God bless you, too. God bless you. Good questions. Good questions. I love it when people are reading their Bibles and asking these things. And I love the honesty of the scriptures as well. And it helps us. And, you know, one of the things that we're going to be looking at is uh, is um, when Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration and there's a man there with a, a, a son that's demon-possessed. And Jesus says, do you believe that I can help? And, and he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. And that's all the Lord wanted, in the honesty of that man's heart, to just say, I believe, but there's some unbelief. I'm doubting right now. And we can say that to the Lord, because there may be some of you right now that you're just doubting, you're faltering, you're wondering, and the Lord desires for you to just cast that on him so he can minister to you, reaffirm his love to you, the reality of the Lord to you, to strengthen you, because he doesn't break a bruised reed, and he doesn't quench quench a smoking flax. He desires to build you up, not to tear you down. And and so uh, he's so good. He's so compassionate. Hey, we've got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000, the call-in number, the text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Shelly in New Jersey. 
Hi, Shelly. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. You guys still getting a lot of snow out there? No, not as much. It's starting to get warmed up a little bit, but I'm I'm hoping we get some more snow days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you got for me today? Um, Today I just wanted to request uh, just a prayer over my family and my friends, just that, you know, God continues to give us peace and wisdom and, you know, that, that he takes away any anxiety, you know, stress and worry. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a good prayer request. As Father, I thank you for Shelly calling. And Lord, I just pray for her, her family, her friends, to continue to have peace and guidance from you, uh, to give them a peace that passes understanding. And Lord, uh, you desire to do that. You're our joy and you are our peace. And so, Lord, I just pray that they would look to you and be strengthened by you, that as they do pray, even as Philippians declares to us through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. May the peace of God that passes understanding guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I pray that they would rejoice in the Lord always and that you would just minister to them uh, every day. And I thank you for her desire to look to you for these things. There's a lot of people that are anxious right now, and we know that you're the source of joy, that you're the one that can help us with our anxiety or when we worry or things like that, as we just keep our hearts and mind on you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You bet. You can call anytime. Okay. Thank you. Have a good night. You, you bet. 303 is the call-in number. You know, there's a lot of people that are anxious right now. I think I've talked to more people that are anxious or perhaps just upset or nervous of the uncertainty and Philippians chapter 4 is really good uh, especially uh, as you read verses 4 through 9 are very very good in looking at that um, that will help you as Paul is writing from prison with uncertainty he doesn't know what's going to happen to him he says you know whether I'm going to be put to death to me to die is gain but for me to stay here is is uh, beneficial to you but the whole theme of Philippians is joy. He just has this joy that is there, and I just I just love it, and I like it that um, we can go to him through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving and let our requests be known to him and the peace of God that passes understanding. And sometimes we want that understanding, but the Lord says, I'm going to give you something even better. I'm going to give you a peace that passes understanding. So uh, very grateful that we can go to the Lord and get that peace uh, from him. We have peace with God as we come to him, but he desires to give us the peace of God. 303-690-3000 is the number to call, and um, we got a couple open lines. Let's go to Rudy in Denver. Hey, Hello. Rudy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So, hey, so hey, Rudy. Ru- Rudy? We're getting close to break, so as you're talking, you might hear the music, and that's okay. We'll go to break, and then we'll continue the conversation afterwards, okay? Let's do it. I'll be right here. All right. Good, brother. Thank you. So what do you got for me? Well, uh, Genesis, I started reading the the New Testament. I finished finished the New Testament. I'm going to start in Genesis 1. I came across the verse 3, or uh, in chapter 1 verse 26, I believe, and it says, 
um, God said, let us make man in, in, uh, in our image. Who is us? I have a feeling I think, you know, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is a great observation. And that right now, people will ask, uh, you know, where is the reference of the Trinity in the Old Testament? And you can begin in verse 1, uh, in the beginning, God, and it's in the plural, Elohim. And so, um, you know, we have it right there. But then he says, let us make God in our own image. And that is speaking of the Trinity, I believe, very much. So, hey, Rudy, um, I want to follow up. So just hang on. We're going to go to break. I'll make a few quick announcements, and then we'll finish our conversation. Give me a call. Got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad to be with you. My name is Jeff Figgs at Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'm usually with you on Monday and Tuesday and blessed to be with you on this holiday. Those of you listening on Grace FM, you're listening live Pray that you're doing well. Pray that you're warm and uh, and the roads are getting better. We had a snowy, snowy weekend and a cold, cold weekend. And and uh, But, hey, spring is only a month away, so uh, we're headed in the right direction, right? And uh, we're going to see a change in seasons before long. I know we can get snow clear up to May, but uh, looking forward to those warmer days and longer days coming. I don't know if you know the days are longer, but... It warms my heart. I like the longer days, and and March will be here before we know it. But we do have today. We got the second half of the show, so I'd love to have you give me a call at three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We're gonna go back in just a minute to Rudy, who uh, we're having a conversation, uh, and he asked a good question. But I just want to let you know that um, if uh, those of you uh, that up here in Northern Colorado, we'd love to have you come by and see us on Sunday mornings in person on our services at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And you can check us out on our website at calvarychapelgreeley.org. And people have been calling about other things that we got going on as well. So check out our weekly schedule, men's study, ladies' studies, uh, young adults, those of you up here uh, in Greeley at, at UNC or Ames Community College. Uh, we have a young adults, lots of young people coming out on Friday nights at 7 o'clock. Uh, we have youth uh, groups that meet. Uh, we're here to serve you in any way we can, your family, your children. We have children's ministry at all three morning services. CalvaryChapelGreeley.org for all the latest information. You can also download our mobile app uh, with all the information and e-bulletins that we have there. We update it every week. And uh, so I'd love to stay connected with you, and we're easy to find. Check us out, CalvaryChapelGreeley.org. But we... We're talking to Rudy. Rudy, you still there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Hey, thanks for hanging on. But Rudy, one of the things I want to follow up with is I believe it is the Trinity. There are some that will come along and say, well, that the Lord was speaking to the angels. And the language doesn't permit that at all. And let us make God in our image. Well, we're not made in the image of angels, are we? We're made in the image of God. He made us to where we we have 
a spirit, a, a spirit that is he breathed into Adam, um, a spirit, and we have a desire. He made an innate desire for man to worship him, to have fellowship with him. Um, and, you know, we, we are made of body, soul, and spirit, and we have emotions, um, and just animals have emotion, but we're in a different state than the animals. Animals don't have a desire to worship God. You know, I've had dogs and cats, and I've never seen any of my pets make a altar in the backyard to worship God. Um, they don't have that. So he said, let us make God in our, or let us make man in our image. The plurality um, there speaks of, you know, the Trinity. And of course, Isaiah comes along and makes it very clear that there's only one God. And so there's one God in three persons. But I also, you can check out a cross-reference for you as you are reading that, is in Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah is called to um, ministry. And as he's called to ministry, he heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Again, you see that plurality. And um, it's the Trinity that you see there. So you can actually do a study and you can go through the Old Testament, other verses that point to the Trinity. And also, as you go through Isaiah, Rudy, what is interesting as well is that you see that there's references to God, that he comes with his reward in his hand as you go into chapter 40. Well, then you go to Revelation chapter 22, and it speaks of Jesus when he comes. He has his reward in his hand. And you can start making those connections there, and you can see very, very clearly the deity of Jesus Christ, you know, and that um, when Isaiah speaks of there's only one God, there is no God before him or after him, but you see that Jesus truly is God, and the attributes of God are spoken of in Isaiah. You can go to the New Testament. You could just you could just make the correlation. So I would encourage you, as you just read these verses and you study, you can see that, and I think you'll be tremendously blessed. Awesome. Well, that's that's good to know. The Holy Spirit is moving me to understand the Bible as I read it, and uh, yeah. it has a lot to do with how how I when I listen to the radio all day at work. I'm in my vehicle all day and I listen to your to your guys' sermons on you know during the day. Good. And it's verse by verse, you know, chapter by chapter, and I love it. Yeah, and you love know it. that's the neat thing, Rudy. And you know, as you call in, because I know I I can hear you growing in the Word. And I encourage you in that because that's what's going to strengthen you. And, you know, we went through Matthew, the story of the feeding of 4,000, and Jesus said, listen, I don't want to send the multitude away lest they faint on the way. And he had, you know, physical bread to feed them, but he was feeding them with spiritual food as well. And it's so important that we strengthen the inner man, you know, the inner woman with spiritual food that he has to give to us Otherwise, we're going to become weak. And it just blesses me to hear that you're listening to Grace FM, listening to Bible study, listening to the, you know, the, the scriptures being taught verse by verse, because you're going to grow tremendously, and you are growing. And you start connecting the dots, and it just, it's just a wonderful thing. And we don't do it just for an academic exercise, but we do it because we know Him, and, and we, we know His love, and the more we know him, the more that we just love him. And and it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing as we are growing and being strengthened by the Word of God. I believe it is a great, great need in um, 
you know, in Christianity today, in the church today. So I appreciate your call. Do you, do you see it as spiritual strength? You know, I mean, I, I, I do go to a church every Sunday. It's Christian church, and it's where I got saved, and I love their sermons, and I take that, you know, I take that what they speak of with me throughout my week, you know, very good sermons, and but like how I listen to you throughout the week is that I've heard one time I heard someone kind of say church whore. You know, I mean, like, and he was just one of the, the sarcastic guys in the world, and it's just one of my friends that I'm trying to get to to know the Lord because he don't, he don't want to. But I mean, that's just you know, that's another story. But is, yeah, is this strength? Is this strength for me to listen to to your? I mean, cause I love listening to your radio show. I mean, I get yeah, more out it, of your radio yeah. show every day than you know than what I get yeah. just going to church one time. You know, I don't even go to Bible studies during the week at my church, which they offer. Sometimes we'll go do dishes while they're doing Bible studies and their dinner for the homeless. Right. But um, it's strength, right? Yeah, it, and it will strengthen you, and it will grow you, and that's the way. And it will grow your faith, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and it will develop a hunger in your heart and in your soul for, for the Lord, um, because you just know Him, and and that's what I'm hearing. So, you know, um, this person, they don't know, but you are discovering that. And so you always want to encourage others. That's what we need, the Word of God. And I've realized, and, you know, I've been here in Greeley for 25 years, that the, the, the greatest thing that I can give people is the Word of God in the environment of love. And, the, you know, people ask me, what's your vision? To make sure they're the best-fed, best-loved sheep in Greeley. And... And the way to grow is through the Word of God. There's no other shortcut to that. So that's what you're sensing. You're you're growing, and you're going to be strengthened. And people who don't, you know, uh, Christians who, you know, because the writer of Hebrews, you know, addressed that, and he addressed it um, to the believers. He said, at a time that you should be teachers, you're dribbling in milk. You should be taking in the meat of the Word. And when we become Christians, you know, when we're first babes in Christ, and that's what he called them, you're still babes in Christ, we're taking in, it's, it's you know, we're just learning and stuff, but after a while, we need to start taking in the meat of the Word. And, and But there's too many Christians over the years, they're not in the Bible study, they're not really learning, they're still dribbling milk, and, and it's unfortunate. And there is strength that comes by eating the meat of the Word. Uh, you know, the the meat of the Word of God and strengthen the inner man in the Word of God. So that's what you're experiencing. Well, thank you for the call. It's beautiful, beautiful. You, you bet. Here for us. <laughs> you call anytime. Okay, keep yes, growing, keep reading. Uh, see you. Goodbye. You bet. 303-690-3000. We got all open lines. Love for you to be able to call and, you know, we are going over that in Matthew's Gospel, defeating the 4,000. It was something, and I've taught on it before, but it really hit my heart this time that he said, don't send the people away. They had been with Jesus, and with he had been teaching them and feeding them, and and um, and uh, he fed them the 4,000, but he'd been uh, healing them of every kind of sickness and disease. And he said, don't send them away unless they faint on the way. And listen, the journey is long. And just like Elijah was told when he was going down to the mountain of God, the angel woke him up and said, Elijah, arise, for the journey is long. Arise and eat. And he ate, and he was able to make it to the mountain of God. And the journey is long, folks. And 
especially in this last year, we have been in this pandemic for almost a year. And the thing that really has sustained me and helped me, and many of you have the same testimony, is just continuing in the scriptures and growing in the word of God and seeking the Lord. And that's what keeps us from fainting. And if we are not in the word of God, um, if we're not continuing to grow in um, the scriptures, we're going to end up fainting and we're going to find ourselves being weak. And Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So keep in the word of God. I just want to encourage you. Make sure that you are having your devotions. Read your Bible every single day and make sure that you are in a church or you know if you can't make it in person i think most churches today that they have uh online services to be able to to listen online uh to be able to uh listen to grace fm continue to have it on you know when you're listening to the radio or at other times uh the mobile app is available for you it's a great way for you to continue to grow in the word and we need the word more than anything the Word of God planted in our hearts. Paul the Apostle, when he was uh, in prison for the second time, he's writing his last words. And whenever we write our last words to somebody, it's important, those words that we write. And he's writing to Timothy, um, and it's amazing that Second Timothy is an amazing epistle. And he's writing about, in the last days, going to be perilous times. And we need to be discerning of the days in which we are in, and we're in perilous times. And he said that there are going to be those who have a form of godliness but denying its power. Uh, He said there's going to be counterfeits, men of corrupt minds and disapproved concerning the faith. Um, And he goes on and he says that those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So Paul has these very heavy words to say to Timothy, this young protege. He loved Timothy. He's passing the baton to Timothy because Paul is going to be beheaded shortly after he writes this letter, and he knows that. And he says that, you know, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. And he says, my departure is at hand. And he knows that he's going to be executed. But he's writing to Timothy saying the last days and the days that we're in, and I believe we are in the last days, are going to be perilous times. And what was the answer? The answer was that you must continue in the things that you've learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And all Scripture is you know, given by inspiration of God, or that is God breathed, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And then after that, he says, the time's going to come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up from themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Listen, that in the days in which we are in, if you're not in the Word of God, you're going to find yourself not only being weak spiritually, but you're going to be deceived. And and there's just too many voices that are out there, too many things that culture and society is accepting and calling truth. And we need to be wise. We need to continue in the Scripture. So I just want to kind of, I know I'm parking on this a little bit, but we got all open lines. And, and so I just, 
wanted to take this time, this call that we had with Rudy, to be able to reiterate those things, which probably a lot of you know. So give me a call. we got time here in the show. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go to the text line. Somebody uh, texts and said, um, you know, did you say that the tribulation period begins with the coming of the Antichrist? Yeah. And the reference to that again, that was a text question that came in at the beginning of the show, is Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. And and that's the 70 weeks of Daniel. That is the formal name of the tribulation period. And then in the book of Revelation, the tribulation period beginning in chapter 6 and all the events that take place up to the second coming of Jesus Christ through chapter 19 of the book of Revelation, and then the rider on the white horse that comes. He's conquering and the conqueror as a bow, but not an arrow. He's coming as what seems to be a peacemaker, but he's going to end up deceiving the whole world. So that's the beginning of the tribulation period is when the man of sin, the son of perdition, the lawless one will come on the scene and be a world leader and come out of that revived Roman Empire. So that's what the scripture shows us. Um, let me check on things and see where we're at. We got um, all open lines, but we're going to go ahead and give me a call and we'll go to the phone lines. But let's go ahead and look at um, the questions. Has anyone truly seen God? Exodus twenty four ten. 11, um, uh, people, uh, indicates people saw God, um, but he makes some references, John chapter 1, 18, chapter 6, verse 46, and good references, Exodus thirty three twenty one. no one will see God. How do we explain this? Thank you, Pastor. The thing is that in the book of Exodus, Moses wanted to see God. He said, I want to see you, and the Lord said, you can't see all me, you'll be consumed. You can see my afterglow. So he he hid in the um, you know cleft of the rocks, uh, and as God passed by. So we have that story that's there in the book of Exodus. But the thing is, God is spirit, and John comes along in his gospel and says, "No one has seen God at any time, um, ex- um, by um, except by the only begotten of the Father." Uh, Jesus is the one that reveals God to us. In the Old Testament, you have uh, what is called Christophanies, uh, the appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, but no one has seen God at any time, is what John declares. But the only begotten of the Son, he has declared him, and Jesus is the one that declares him. Remember in the upper room that it was uh, one of the disciples that asked Jesus, show us the Father that it may suffice us. And Jesus said, oh, Philip, you've been with me all this time. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And um, if you want to know the heart of Father, um, please, uh, you know, know you've seen me. You've seen the heart of God. Yes, you've seen the nature of God. If you want to know him, know me. And if you've seen me, you've seen him. So Jesus declares the Lord, the, the express image of God, Colossians chapter 1, the exact image of God. God in the person of Jesus Christ declares him. So hopefully that helps. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Marie and Severance. Hi, Marie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So good, I thanks have a for calling. Mm-hmm. Okay, so lately I've stumbled upon this thought of... Because, you know, I grew up in church. I've always had, you know... 
I've always believed in Jesus and God and, you know, all that good stuff. But lately, right. a lot of things have been coming to mind about the scriptures, you know, because it's been a long time since it's been written, and a, long, a lot of things happen in the process. How do we know that it's correct? Like, how do we know the Bible, because the, 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 when they used to write it, it was Old Hebrew, correct? The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and then the New Testament was written in Greek. If I'm not mistaken, the Old Hebrew is it's a dead language now, right? No, they, they're speaking Hebrew. Here's the thing, Marie, that we don't have any of the, the original books. You know, we don't have the original Moses writing the book of Genesis, right, obviously, we don't have the original Gospels, the original books. So what we go on is by copies. And what is interesting, though, Marie, and you might do a little bit of study. I'm going to give you a couple references because you're asking a good question. There are those who, and I asked the same question when I was young, how can we rely on the Bible? How do we know that it's true? Uh, and Because there's people that come along and they say, well, the Bible's been changed throughout the years, or it's you know been so long. But the thing about it is, there's a book out there that's, that is called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And you can probably go online, order it. Very, very good, written by Josh McDowell. And he goes over the canon of Scripture, and what he goes over is he talks about the the can we trust the canon of Scripture? Has it been changed? And he does it from a very academic view of the copies that have been given. And in the New Testament, the copies of, you know, the, we don't have the originals, but copies that have come and been written in Greek. So there's no perfect translation. If you want a perfect translation, Hebrew, of course, Old Testament, and then also uh, the New Testament. But part of the research you might do, too, is the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, Marie, they found a book that's called The Scroll of Isaiah. Have you heard of that? Yes. The Scroll of Isaiah is dated 200 B.C., 200 years before Jesus came on the scene. The whole 66 chapters, absolutely a miracle, written in Hebrew, and as they translated it, that it is very, very similar, very, very few, maybe some, you know, um, spelling or, uh, you know, punctuation that is the original Hebrew text today. So absolutely amazing the accuracy of something that's 2,200 years old to the Hebrew Bible. Matter of fact, we um, had here some of the Calvaries. The original scroll of Isaiah is in a very special place in Jerusalem, but they have four copies. One's in the British Museum. One is... Uh, some in another museum in Jerusalem, but one somebody owns, and they allow churches to have it. And we had it here at Calvary Greeley and, and Calvary Church and Rocky Mountain Calvary. And it's interesting because you could take your your iPad, and there was a program you could line it up with you know that that document under the glass, and you can pull it up the English, and it was just like what's in your Bible. So there's no perfect translation, you know, when you go to English, when you go to another language, but there's some very, very good translations that 
have been put together that you can look at and you can see the number of copies and how accurate they are. And that, I think, is a really good reference for you, uh, Marie, that's going to help you have confidence in the scriptures that they haven't been changed over the years and um, that they're very accurate and that we can owe a great deal of debt to those scribes of the Old Testament. And I think it's going to be really helpful for you. So evidence that demands a verdict. There's other, we got um, other, um, Norman Geisler is another uh, apologist that writes on the canon of Scripture, how we can trust it. Ron Rhodes as well. Really good resources that are out there for you. Okay. Yeah, because I just, I don't know, it just came up. This I was watching a documentary, and it was just really, I've never questioned it, but I guess I feel like it's okay to question it in the sense that it's, God it's is okay. calling me out to yeah. really know why I believe this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and I was I was at a point where I needed to do that, Marie. I needed to do that, and... That book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, really helped me out. And it's the same with the claims of Christ. You know, there comes a time where you got to make it your own. And he doesn't want us to just have a blind faith. We're to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and there's some very good apologetic books that are out there that are really going to help you understand and to answer those questions. People say, you know, was Jesus really Lord? He claimed to be Lord. So he was either Lord or he was a liar or he was a lunatic. There's no other questions. You know, there's no other options. And it's okay to look at it because you have men like Josh McDowell or Lee Strobel that they investigated it. And as they looked at it, honestly, they came to the conclusion that we can trust the scriptures and Jesus rose from the grave and he was who he said he was. And I would encourage you to look at that honestly, but get some good resources because there's the higher critics and there's others that, you know, um, that really all they try to do is, and especially when we get, we're going to start Lent here pretty soon. As soon as we start Lent, all these higher critics come out and try to disprove the Bible. So get some good resources. Norm Geisler, Josh McDowell, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, you know, Ron Rhodes. We have our bookstore that has many of them. If you ever come up here, you know, uh, to Greeley, uh, we'd love to just help you out in any way. But it's okay, Marie, to to look at these things. I think that God's going to honor that, and he's going to show you that his word is true. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, it's such a huge conversation that I think you need so much time to talk about, right? Yeah, and that's why I want to give you exactly these resources. And as you read, and then follow up with me, Marie. Let me know how what you're seeing and stuff, and I'd, I'd love to just chat with you anytime or uh, you get that opportunity, okay? Because you're not far from us. Yes, okay. I will. I'll keep in touch. You'll be hearing. All right, Marie. Sure. Okay, thank, thank you. you, Marie. You God bless you. All right. God bless you. Bye. Hey, we just got a, we got a quick minute, Ron and Kiowa. Ron, are you there? Ron, let me see. Let me see what he had. We just got a couple minutes left. I didn't know it was so late. And, um, but, um, so anyhow, sorry, Ron, hopefully you can call back and stuff. I, I need to ask you some questions on that. 
anyway, um, to follow up with our conversation with Marie, hey, you know what? If you have those questions, there's good resources out there. Uh, and again, um, that will answer those questions. Great apologetic books. He hasn't told us to just have a blind faith or assassinate our brains. And some of you that are young out there, you might be asking these questions. You get challenged by it. And not just young people, but of all ages. You know, it's okay. It's okay to look into these things. And I think that it will strengthen your faith as you do. And um, and I just pray that um, you would find the resources for that. We have a bookstore uh, here in Greeley that has some apologetic books that really help people. And um, Norm Geisler, Josh McDowell, uh, Ron Rhodes, others. And um, and you can also probably order them, you know, Amazon or whatever it might be online. So those are good resources to read to just kind of help build your faith and to also be able to ask questions or to answer questions that people might have that you can minister to them. And also there are many books in those areas. Ron Rhodes writes many books and how we can minister to those who perhaps in cults, Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, um, other cults that are out there, uh, different voices that um, that you're able to minister in the days in which we're in. So helpful resources. Marie, keep looking. The Lord's going to answer you. He's going to show you. Hey, God bless you, everybody, for calling in. Hope you had a great holiday today. Looking forward to being with you at the same time tomorrow on Calvary Live. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.